0: Welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Poznanski and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Joe, thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. How are you feeling this week? How, how, how are you? <laughs>
1: you're, you're asking because you know for a fact that I'm sad because there's no baseball.
0: There's no baseball. And, and you know, we when we go into this uh, program, For us to record this, Uh, we get to put our name in, and 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 you always put your name in as usually as some sort of celebrity or baseball fan or something uh, of the news. But just it's just sad, Mike, this week. That's all. Yeah,
1: sad, Mike. Mike. Yep. uh, I I mean, especially at a time as we've discussed when we are both kind of out on the NFL. Yeah, usually like you're you're sad for like a week when baseball season ends. And then you're like, but look, it's November, the NFL action is heating up. But since I'm not following the NFL this year in any meaningful way, that is out. Now I will say that I'm kind of all in on on the NBA. Yes. I, I don't know. If, have we talked about this or not? I can't remember whether we, we have about a little
0: it. bit. But yes. Yeah.
1: Like I have, I have decided that I'm back on the NBA bandwagon hard. Like I'm, I jumped on, <laughs> I took my whole family. We brought a picnic lunch and we are riding the NBA bandwagon. And I watched for the first time. I can't remember the, the last year that I watched a complete NBA game before, you know, March. Right. I would say. Right. And uh, I watched a full Celtics game the other day. I watched the full Celtics-Lakers game. I watched the full Celtics game before that. This Celtics team is so fun. I mean, I couldn't be jumping back on the NBA bandwagon at a better time, <laughs> frankly, <laughs> because the Celtics are so fun to watch. Jason Tatum, after like 12 games, appears to be like a already like a B-plus NBA player, which is crazy. He's averaging like 20 and 9 a game. Uh, and then Kyrie is like unshackled from, uh, Le- from playing second fiddle to LeBron, and he's like going out of his mind. They're a super fun team to watch. And then also, just everywhere, when you watch the NBA now, you look, you go to the menu. I got League Pass, and you go to the menu and you're like, what? Oh my God, there's 14 other games, and they're all good. They're like, all there's good. the, like, Oklahoma City, Minnesota is a great game. <laughs> like, you want to, there's five guys in that game you want to watch play. So, that, that, the only thing keeping me from being like, Super down in the dumps, Mike, because a baseball season ending is my newfound bandwagon jumping love for the NBA.
0: You know, I gotta say, I, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm totally totally into the NBA uh, this year, and and I'll, I'll tell you what it is. You know, for the last you know four or five years, obviously, you know, as as a Cleveland uh, fan, uh, that's that's been incredible with LeBron coming home uh, as a as sort of a fan of just wonderful things that golden state team, you know, the way they sort of emerged on the scene and and I love Steph and I've loved Steph Curry since Davidson days and and whatever, that's been really fun, but it feels like this year the NBA has gone to a whole new level because I'm I, I never would have expected this. I'm totally into that Houston team. I I'm totally interested. Yeah, and it was something I would never, you know, I I'm I, I'm sort of pseudo friends with Daryl Morey, uh, which is, which is fun and and nice. And, and so I, I kind of want it for him. Um, but there, there was nothing about that team that I particularly like, but now, you know, even though Chris Paul hasn't played, they have Chris Paul, James Harden seems to be taking it to a, like a whole other level. Did you see that the other day he he's like finished he he, he's scored or assisted on like 94 points in the game it was insane it's It's a it's
1: (laughs) some kind of crazy it's it's some kind of crazy number yeah yeah,
0: it's second literally to wilt for the Wilt's 100 it's like this is second on the list Uh, so he's gone like to a whole other level they're they're kind of fun i mean eric gordon is kind of fun i mean they're
1: he is kind of fun.
0: Yeah. I yeah. I'm telling you, suddenly I'm watching that team because that that team seemed to be perfectly set to be like the anti-warrior team, like the team that, you know, that that sort of is trying to defeat whatever the Warriors represent or whatever. I don't know now. I don't know that they're I don't know which side is the is the is the empire and which side is 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 the the uh resistance. I mean they're both they're both great in their own way. I I it's fun when there are like lots and lots of cool things to look at, which is I think way NBA is right now.
1: Yeah, it is. I think it's. I hope it uh, sustains itself in terms of my own personal, just selfishly. I hope that like my interest doesn't wane. Um, but I, I am finding it so far incredibly fun. And, the, and weirdly, the East—you would expect the West to be fun, but I'm finding the East to be pretty fun. I think the Celtics is fun. The the Cavaliers struggling is fun in some weird way like can they figure it out can they put it together no that's right uh watching Giannis Antetokounmpo is like a religious experience (laughs) watching him play basketball (laughs) it's so I believe his hands are 12 inches from his heel to the tip of his middle finger have you heard that I
0: I think that's right
1: yeah I think it's a there it's a full foot So he's just like – he's just absurd. He's an absurd person and I love watching him.
0: You know what's amazing Uh, about him? I want to say one thing about him. There was the play and I think so far sort of been the NBA play of the year where he he came flying in and blocked a shot like in some insane way. And then the break came and he was – he filled the lane on the break and dunked from like the free throw line or something. It's – it's so amazing to think that that physically not we're not even talking about you know what what their skill levels are when we first saw michael jordan play in the nba it was like what is this you know i mean even though we'd seen dr j and there had been other players that had done this he took it like to a whole other level it's like oh my gosh athletically I'd never seen anybody who could fly and do all the things that he does in the air. And I mean, this is like a whole new thing. And like, that's, that's like four generate. That's like, that's like iPhone one, you know? Right. I mean, when you yes. look at what they can do athletically now, it's insane. It's so insane.
1: Yes. Which goes back to the other point it's worth making, which is that anytime anyone for any reason says anything, anything, About, like, Bob Cousy or (laughs) you know, or even like Jerry West, or these guys. And then you go back and look at them, and they're just like very casually running around in circles, dribbling the ball. The ball is coming up to their waist, and they're just sort of running around. And you think, like, you could probably take take a Celtics or Lakers or any championship team from like the late 50s or 60s and put them up against just. Like LeBron and, <laughs> it, um, and four
0: guys. And four guys. Yeah. Four
1: like guys. Marcus Smart and LeBron and like uh I mean whatever, whoever. Uh Jamal Crawford. This, those three guys <laughs> those three guys would beat any fifties or sixties NBA championship team by forty. Like they would be they would sit in fact they would after after three quarters. One of those three guys would be sitting on the bench just to give him some rest because they don't need him.
0: <laughs> you know, I and it's it's funny. I mean, look, I have tremendous. I'm, I'm a I'm a sports history guy. It's what I am, and and I have tremendous respect for what those guys were because it was a different time. It was different things that they were figuring out. Things sure. that Bob Cousy was figuring out nobody had ever done before. So it's it's he was he was a man of his time. He was incredible in his time. If he played today, he wouldn't be that player. So it's not a fair comparison.
1: Right, right. That
0: said, the guy couldn't dribble with his left hand. I mean, (laughs) Bob Cousy, the greatest (laughs) ball handler of his time. If he had to go left, he would do like a 360, like spin around the other way because he couldn't dribble with his left hand. I mean, that's that doesn't seem like. No, you know, and then
1: you watch what Kyrie Irving oh, does every day in the what in the realm of quote dribbling end quote, and you realize how far the game has progressed. It's just the nature of things. It's like anything else. It's like the you know uh, any any person in any field from a long time ago, from ten generations ago, right, is not going to be as good as the people now. But that doesn't mean they weren't great then. It doesn't mean they don't deserve that's to right. Hall of Fame, blah 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 blah. It's a boring argument, I know, but it is also fun. It's like the thing that I I tweet every year. On the day that an NFL team, the last undefeated NFL team, I always tweet some version of the same thing, which is congrats to the 1972 Dolphins. Uh, this year's Cleveland Browns would have beaten you by 85 <laughs> points. <laughs> they had like you know they had offensive linemen who weighed like 270 pounds or something. Like it, it just it wouldn't have been uh, uh, anywhere close to a comp- competitive game.
0: By the way, that should just be our Browns update this week. The Browns. Oh the Browns, yeah, great. No, the, 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 the Browns had a bye, so our update should be that they still would have. They'd beat the '72 Dolphins. They, they would did.
1: absolutely. The 0 and 8 Cleveland Browns would easily beat the 1972 Dolphins. Well, I mean, easily.
0: Offensive linemen were like 240 pounds. I mean, yes, they they, they, they it's just not. and again,
1: it's not it's just not the same game. And the they same. ran exactly. they ran Larry Zonka 48 times a game. Like they just <laughs> that was what football was. So
0: yeah. By the way, the fact that you could run Larry Zonka 45 times tells you it's not the same game right because right. i mean he'd be hurt on the third play and that nothing gets larry zonka but i mean nobody can run the ball 45 times now against these defenses is with the way they play i mean i assume i again we're not following the nfl that closely i assume uh that somebody got hurt in the thursday night game and then i woke up this morning and saw oh richard sherman okay well yes, sure the,
1: the, sure. the I mean, arguably the biggest Star besides Tom Brady left who hadn't gotten hurt got hurt <laughs> got
0: That's hurt right. exactly yeah. Yeah. most okay.
1: famous person except for Tom Brady in the league who still has not gotten hurt is now hurt, and is now now hurt. For the year.
0: okay there you go enjoy the NFL uh, <laughs> all right so so I want to read something to you I want to read you something but I want you to to sort of put yourself in this mindset you have you've you're, you've been in a coma for okay. like the last not even that long last five years you don't even have to you don't have to go back really really far. By the way, nice five- before
1: you, before I know what this is, that right now at this moment, that sounds kind of great. <laughs> <laughs> You've <laughs> been in you, a coma you, since 2012.
0: 2012. You're 2012. You're like, yeah, well, what's wrong? The world's great. You you, you don't want to get out. I'm going to take
1: five coma. years off. I'm going to go into a, a medically induced coma and just chill for five years. <laughs> and I'm sure when I come out, everything will still be fine. Everything will
0: be fine. You just come in and you're like, oh, so what's it like with Hillary as president? No, I have bad news. But... um. But okay, so, so you've, you're in the coma for five years, and, and you get out, and the first thing you do is like, uh, you, you're vaguely aware of what Twitter is. So you, the first thing you do is you open up your Twitter account, of course, sure. so like, hey, let me catch up. And this is the first thing you hear, and I want to hear what your reaction would be. This is the first thing you read. Papa John's pleads for Nazis to not buy their pizza after getting embraced by Daily Stormer.
1: Okay. The first thing I do is I go right back into the medically induced coma for another five years because what I, (laughs) what I discern from that is that something has gone terribly wrong (laughs) and I don't want any part of it and I don't want to know what it is. And I want to go back. I want to go to sleep for five more years.
0: Five more years. It's like, I'm not done yet. I'm not ready.
1: That is where we are. That's exactly. (laughs) I would say if you needed to like create a sort of like spiritual, emotional GPS, for the state of America in 2017, that is the you are here of that of that situation. If you're looking at a map of where we are and where, where what our surroundings are, the little thing that says you are here is pointing to a tweet <laughs> that tells you that Papa John's pizza has had to ask Nazis to stop <laughs> to stop endorsing it. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's where we are. That's the exact There's, center. That's the epicenter of where we are right now. Is a- like
0: <laughs> I have tried in my mind to to untangle the the wonderment of that of that tweet it, it, because y- you have to you have to go down so many roads to get there. Like if you literally if the, if you did. By the way, somebody told uh, me. That I use literally way too much on this on this podcast, which I'm sure I do. <laughs>
1: um,
0: so, so if you could keep an eye out for the. You literally, the
1: literally use news. it like three thousand times per
0: podcast. I do. I literally do. I it's literally true. Do. <laughs> <laughs> You're reading this tweet, so you the first thing that has to come to mind is, okay, wait a minute, Nazis. Are buying pizza right? Like that's the first thing, right? You when you're untangling this, Mm
1: -hmm. the first thing you say is is not not just they're buying pizza; they have a favorite pizza. (laughs) They have a favorite pizza. (laughs) The official pizza of Nazis, yeah.
0: Well, actually, actually, the first thing is what Nazis are back. That has to be your first. Right,
1: you got to back up. If you've been in the coma for five years, you go. Wait, I'm sorry. What now? Nazis? Okay.
0: (laughs) Nazis. Nazis are
1: here, and they are. It's casual (laughs) enough to talk about their doings that we've gotten to the point where we know what their favorite pizza is. Yeah, that's, you know? where that's where you have to
0: start. Yeah, <laughs> and so then you go, well, what could Papa John have done to even get them to buy their pizza? Because Papa John's pizza is horrific. It's now, horrendous.
1: I I would immediately make the leap to it involves the NFL. Personally, <laughs> I'm not kidding, because the only thing you know about, it's one of two things. It has to do with Peyton Manning or the NFL, right? Those are the that's two right. things. That's right. Because you know the only thing Papa you him. know
0: about him. That's yes. right. That's
1: right. Um, so or or like, uh, yeah, that, that so so I would immediately guess based on the interests of Nazis and based on Papa John's affiliation with the NFL, I would say, OK, this has something to do with the African-American uh, community in regards to the NFL. So you, I don't think that's so a hard conspiracy.
0: You See, I that. don't know. I think I'd get like he wore a swastika during one of those commercials. Like, <laughs> like, 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 like accidentally, to, like it was like a little pin. He didn't mean to wear it, but it was like they they forgot to take it off. I mean, I don't I don't know that I would jump to the like to to something with African-Americans, in the NFL, because that that wouldn't be my first thought on Nazis. OK, like that wouldn't. So my first thought on Nazis would be, you know, something he did something with a swastika or or some Indiana Jones thing. He he came out and said, you know, I actually was rooting against Indiana Jones or something, you know. And but then, why is he pleading for them not to do it? <laughs> like, what, what did he do say, that brought them in? I have
1: to say that Papa John one hundred percent brought this on himself. And I, 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 Papa John's pizza personally is not my taste. I find it to no, be. No, it's not. Um, But he 100% brought this on himself because he came out and said the uh, protests for the social justice protests that are taking place during the national anthem of football games are hurting his sales. Now, this is this is as a a great philosopher once wrote nonsense on stilts. Uh, That's absurd (laughs) that there's no there's literally no way that's true. Um, I think it's far more likely that his sales are being hurt by the fact that his pizza stinks. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but regardless, he didn't have, even if that's true, he did not have to come out publicly and say that, right? He did that. Right. He was He wanted to get on his high horse and he wanted to make a stink in the same way that the people making a stink About social justice, we're making a stake. Except his cause, instead of social justice and equality, was my pizza sales. So, (laughs) (laughs) instead of people, instead of members of the NFL Players Association saying we are going to do a silent, quiet, polite protest during the national anthem before our games to point out what we feel are systemic racial injustices that are baked into the very fabric of the of country in which we live. He decided to do a similar thing, except he was like, all of these protests are hurting my pizza sales, at which point Nazis gonna Nazi, right? So they were like, oh, great, here we go. This guy's on our team because he's... We
0: finally, we have, we our finally have our guy.
1: He's dog whistling at us and saying like, Hey, Nazis come over here and get my back. And they were like, you got it, buddy. We're we're behind you, Papa John. And so, and then he had to go like, whoa, 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 wait a second. I didn't want Nazis to buy my pizza because Nazis buying your pizza is a whole lot worse than a 3% quarter over quarter dip in sales or whatever it was. And so I have zero, I mean, and I can't emphasize this enough, zero sympathy for Papa John. Oh He's yeah. So funny. To watch someone who is purports to be good at business blow something so severely as it relates to business. I mean, you know, you've you've mentioned many times you were you are uh, uh, available to be uh, to give advice to politicians of right. either right. party of any party. In terms of how they relate to or how they deal with sports, how they talk about sports while they're campaigning, just to avoid the general embarrassment of saying the wrong thing, saying something stupid, whatever you you have made yourself available in that service. I likewise would like to offer my services to anyone, (laughs) anyone business owners or politicians, anyone who wants to know whether something they say is going to get them in trouble with Nazis. If you like, because I feel like if you had told me, if you had told come to me and said, like, hey, I want to say this thing about my pizza, I would have been like, okay, man, just so you know, there's (laughs) lots of Nazis around right now, and they are psyched to get on board with anything that smacks of racism or a sort of like pro white, anti non white agenda. So if you say this, a bunch of Nazis are gonna come out and post on a bunch of Nazi message boards that Papa John's is the official pizza of Nazis. And if you were cool with that, go ahead. But that is what is going to happen. And I feel like maybe at that point, Papa John would have said, OK, I, I maybe I won't do that.
0: I'm just imagining you in a truck with like the word Nazi on the back, but with sure. a line through it. Like, like the that's your job. like that's You're your logo. I'm
1: going to go. And thing. if you want to avoid <laughs> Nazis as a business, as an individual, as a politician, whatever, if you want, if your goal is is to avoid association with Nazis, I can help.
0: <laughs> I also imagined him giving at some point, uh, Papa John giving some sort of TED Talk about how he built Papa John's up into a, a thing and and he's, he's talking about whatever it is and the fresh ingredients thing and I thought tying myself with the NFL and then getting to that stage in the TED Talk where he goes, now I did have yes. this time where there was Nazis one moment where
1: I, where I where accidentally got a bunch of Nazis to support me <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't get enough it's of it It's wonderful. There's a lot can't. of wonderful stuff happening
1: around the NFL right now and by wonderful yes. and by wonderful, yes. of and course, I mean um, morons stepping in it. that's <laughs> that's how I, that's how I define wonderful. The other thing being is we we were texting about this is Jerry Jones <laughs> potentially. We don't know who no one really knows the details on this, but the story is that Jerry Jones is potentially going to sue his own league because Roger Goodell is getting a contract extension that he doesn't think uh, is uh, is appropriate. And the and then then there's the second level of that story, which already, by the way, I mean, this is like I, I this is heaven. This is to me. This is manna from heaven. But the second level of the story may be even better in a subtle way, which is apparently the thing that Roger Goodell is upset about is that they, the Jerry Jones, I guess, wants his money to be non guaranteed. He wants there to be incentives <laughs> baked into the into the contract. So just to get this straight, the sport right. that uses up players and disposes of them like tissue, and is the only major sport really where where the contract is not in any way guaranteed where you can blow out your knee. You can have a what is on paper, a $100 million contract, blow out your knee, get paid like $3 million, and you never play football again. Right. Um, that, con- that sport, where those players are that disposable, and the players' union is, is coming, there could be a reckoning, because, it, because the game is so violent, and the people get hurt so much, and all the contracts are non-guaranteed. The commissioner, who by most accounts has made well north of $200 million dollars, in salary and bonuses since 2006 that guy is now furious that his contract (laughs) might not be fully guaranteed i just can't i just want i i saw that and i i put my fingertips to my lips in the classic like italian chef gesture (laughs) and i kissed them and threw the kisses into the air just for like an hour it just it couldn't be better both aspects of that story could not be better for my money
0: well and we and we have to add that because the the point that that uh, that I think you uh I think the point that was sort of the crescendo because because that obviously the the guaranteed contracts thing is 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 very very good stuff but wasn't the crescendo of this thing when they started talking about uh, uh, uh subpoenaing their phone records yes. oh- Forgot. Owners. Oh my
1: god, you're right. That's even better.
0: That they that the owners the owners moment. including
1: Gary Jones and others might have to submit their phones. And I I mean that's amazing because you know what would happen. If they did, they would take their phones and smash them with hammers. <laughs>
0: right? That's absolutely what they would do. They well they should I mean there's no question they they don't want those phones to be subpoenaed at at any point for anybody for any reason. Better, Um, it's unbelievable. I mean, it really is. No, it's 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 absolutely incredible. Several people have wondered, and I think it is a fair question. uh, What does this mean for Goodell as commissioner? Uh,
1: Oh, he has a lifetime contract here. He has a. I don't. Know. Why did we give he has him The lifetime Why? contract Wonder- it's it's thirty five million a year guaranteed every year for as long as the yeah, it is guaranteed. He, it it's renews guaranteed. every year, but it's his option. So he, I mean, I feel like he's gonna keep <laughs> keep opting in.
0: He'll keep doing that. I I don't look. I remember. I remember when we signed the deal to guarantee his contract. I mean, like you know, because at the time there were a lot of other yeah. options for him, and we had to do it. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't it's a lifetime deal. A lifetime well, contract. what
1: happened right, was we right. were, we were unsure whether uh, we wanted to make it a lifetime deal. And then he promised us that he would bring law and order back to the podcast. And then we were like, well, that's a great, oh, that's, that's a great right. pitch. That's and uh, right. so, yeah, we
0: signed up for that. That's <laughs> right. I forgot about that. Well, you know, he's right. He's right. <laughs> this, this podcast has been lawless and orderless for way too long. All right. Let's let's get to our main topic of the day before we get to uh, listener questions. Uh, the awards, baseball That's awards. We got baseball to talk about, sort yeah, of. We got baseball sort of, right? Uh, sort of, yeah. All right, well, we got baseball awards coming up, and uh, sure, they're fun. They're fun. So, so we're just gonna kind of go through the. Through the awards and sort of make our picks, and then and then uh, and then we'll go on to listener questions. So let's start out with the first one that is going to come out, which is going to be manager of the year. Which I think both of us have discussed on the podcast. Not a great. Award. Well, here's, right. here's the business right. thing not,
1: with manager is, of the year. It's like it doesn't ever go to the actual person it should go to, right? It usually just goes to the person who won right. the most games right. or something. But what?
0: Well, right, one of the most yes, games the over
1: biggest like improvement, right? it's always the team whereas what it it should probably most. be right, right. the the person you should probably just say like well who did the best job of managing in terms of like holding a team together or of cobbling together a lineup or of dealing with adversity in some way injuries or whatever like it just basically goes to like oh the brewers won 71 games last year and this year they won 86 games and so we'll give it to the manager of the brewers that's generally speaking what happens
0: right and which is which is kind of a disaster because right the next year they stink because you know that's just the way that works i mean that's the that's that's the bill james you know plexiglass theory anyway that everything sort of comes back to 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 the middle and and then the guy gets fired i mean the number of manager of the years who were fired within three years or two years of winning the award is is pretty is pretty staggering and and there's another part of it that i don't like now and and this is Something I harp on probably too much, but but it's something I really believe about baseball that that we miss. Yeah, it's not a regular season sport anymore. It's just not what it is. You know, I mean, it, yes, the regular season is still the joy of baseball, and and it's still the heart of of what fans get to do. But but it's all what you do in the postseason. It's I mean, that's that's where the game has gone, and 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 so you can give like you know the the nominees for the National League. Mm-hmm. Are right. Dave Roberts for the Dodgers, of course, Corey Lavulo for, for Arizona and Bud Black for Colorado. Well, Bud Black, you know, I think Bud Black did a fine job, but yeah, Colorado didn't make the postseason. So it's like I mean, they made it, they made it the one wild card game, but but it's like, all right, whatever. And you know, they they really weren't a factor. Uh and even Lavulo and, you know, the that Arizona team kind of disappointed in that in that series against the Dodgers, didn't win a game. Um and Dave Roberts goes to the World Series. So so now you look at it and go, well, you know, look, wh- however you feel about it, Dave Roberts is the guy that guided his team the furthest or whatever. But that's not what the voting is on. The voting is on how they did in the regular season. You know, it's just, it's just a, it just seems yeah. like an award a little bit out of time. But, <laughs> but it is an award. I mean, so. it's important.
1: Uh, of those three, I, I would say so look, Mike Hazen is the GM of, of those the three Diamondbacks. And if there were a, if there's an executive of the year award, I feel like he should get it because that team, that team turned over so, a lot of guys and they reconceived the team. And then he traded for J.D. Martinez halfway through the year, which is the best, obviously the best uh, trade midseason trade, probably. Right. It's it's that or Verlander.
0: Incredible. So, oh, uh, yeah, later, I but, but, so, yeah, I do too, so
1: but in terms that. of actual manager of the year, I, it's hard to know what any of these guys actually do, right? Like Tori Lavulo is very well liked, and he was a candidate for the Red Sox job before um he went to arizona and and uh, everyone seems to really like him, but i it's got to be Dave Roberts, and it's not Dave Roberts because they won the most games to me. It's Dave Roberts because they lost fifteen out of sixteen out of nowhere in the middle of the year, and there's an amazing stat, which is only one team I think had ever lost 15 out of 16 at any point in the season and finished with a winning record. And the Dodgers lost 15 out of 16 and won their division, won the best division of baseball easily and went to the world series and then went to the seventh game. So like something weird happened to that team for two and a half weeks or three weeks, they went into a crazy tailspin and he or they obviously it's they, pulled out of it and went on to like win the division and then went deep in the playoffs. It did not, they didn't have a hangover from that weird, weird three week stretch where they suddenly couldn't beat anyone. And I don't know what managers do really, but whatever they do, he did it really well because, because he pulled them out of that, of that to me, that's like uh, from uh, anecdotally, which is the only way that people like you and me can really evaluate anything a manager does. It's from an extreme distance anecdotally from afar that's got to earn him the manager of the year award.
0: Well, yeah, I mean look, there that Dodgers team, every team goes through a lot of stuff. But that Dodgers team definitely did. There was, you know, there were there were some injuries, uh there was the how to deal right. with the whole Adrian Gonzalez situation, uh you know, how quickly to jump on the Cody Bellinger thing, you know? I mean, he, when they brought him up, I don't think they necessarily knew that he was going to be up all year and become sort of the heart of their lineup and all that, but he he adjusted to that. Uh, they kept throwing veterans at him. That's never easy, especially you know veterans like Curtis Granderson and, and and Chase Utley, who are not the players they once were. I mean, these are all challenges, and every team deals with them. Um, but he he seemed to deal with it well. The irony to me is, I really think, and and I've thought this for a while, I, I thought Dusty Baker did a heck of a job yeah. in Washington. Yeah, really you're not did, wrong. You know, and and I thought they dealt with a lot of stuff. That bullpen was. A disaster. I mean, like legendary disaster when the season began, uh, and and they worked through it, and they won the division easily, and and you know, really, we can't even talk about postseason, but but a bad game five where a couple of bad things went wrong. Otherwise, they're the ones going on. Yep. So, uh, you know, again, tough to say. I like Dave Roberts, the American League. You got Terry Francona, AJ Hinch, and Paul Molitor. Uh, again, you know, I look. I think Francona the best manager in baseball i i think he's the best i think he's the best every year basically yeah but you know you can't give it to him every year i think he won it last year i'm not even 100 sure of that uh i think he won it last year and uh you know so i i get i'd give it to Hinch. i don't there's neither one of those guys aj Hinch or dave roberts or really any of these guys i mean Tori lavulo the same thing there are a lot of times that they make moves that you go boy i don't get that I don't get that at all. Yeah. But that's not really what it is. That's the manager of the year, especially if you're dealing with just the regular season is who's getting you through the season. Who is dealing with the, with the issues and problems of the team best, you know, AJ Hinch, Houston also got off to a hot start, went through a middle struggle and mm-hmm. and, and came out on the other end. Right.
1: Yeah. And i um, Molitor is probably going to win it, frankly, because the, the twins lost a hundred games and then went to the playoffs and that had never happened before. Like I, I feel like Molitor is going to win it. But Hinch deserves it. I mean, Terry Francona also deserves it. They, they're all, they're all the manager there. But I, I got to say, Hinch, not that this counts, but Hinch really impressed me in the playoffs. I felt like his yes. he was incredibly even-keeled, I thought, um, when uh, when giving press really conferences after those insane games. I mean, Roberts was too. But Hinch was really chill. And I felt like, oh, I get it. I kind of get how you, you have a team with a bunch of really young superstars, like really young, like 23, 24, 25. Uh, and, and not a lot of starting pitching and a shaky bullpen. And you turn that team into a hundred and whatever it was. win team, you do it with a manager like this, who's just super chill and really calm. And like, uh, and, uh, I, I, I mean, this is, it's so pointless. It's like, you can, any of these guys should win. It could win. It will win it. It doesn't really matter. My guess is Molitor. Uh, is going to be the guy who wins it, but I personally would vote for Hinch.
0: Yeah, I think Hinch is going to win it. I mean, we'll see on Molitor... uh but, uh, you know, you're right. I think all those guys did a good job. That's Tuesday at 6 p.m., by the way, uh, on MLB Network. If you want to see that I'm one, be Rookie of the Year. My
1: house, like a huge party, like 500 what do people. do you every, I do every year for fa- Manager of the Year unveiling? It's, it's a big blowout, like 500 <laughs> I've people. I've never They're, invited. You never know. Well, it's only, it's really only locals and you're not local, but we, we dance all night. We have a DJ. There's like tons of booze and just like fun. And it's like a, I mean, to me, Manager of the Year is the biggest day of the year. I would say the Manager well, of the
0: Year, really, really- like you have to say this. Everybody's heard of the Shore Manager of the Year party, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's only the biggest thing in Hollywood. So you don't need to brag about it. We know, we know. It's <laughs> it's a great deal. Rookie of the Year is Monday at six p.m. on MLB Network. Uh, we know who's going to win those, but I'll just give you the candidates. Uh, the National League it's Josh Bell, who actually had a really good year, by the way. Um, Paul DeJong and then Cody Bellinger who's going to win it. In the National League, Trey Mancini, uh, Andrew Benintendi, who actually was the preseason, everybody thought he was going to win the award guy, uh, and Aaron Judge, who's obviously going to win it. Anything you have to add on Rookie of the Year, we know who's going
1: to win. Only that uh, Benintendi deserves it over Judge, obviously. <laughs> I mean, Judge is going to win. He's the flashy choice, but Benintendi deserves it. His numbers are better. He, right. I mean, it took a lot of uh, talent and guts to hit way fewer home runs than Aaron judge <laughs> and to have a way where he held, back, he, he held, him he held himself back for the, for the good of the team. And he right, won't get any right. credit for that, but you know, uh, but he deserves it. And judge is like, yeah, I get it. Whatever he's tall and he's whatever he plays for the Yankees, <laughs> but everybody secretly knows that Ben and Tenney deserves it.
0: Sure. Well, that's a given. Yeah. I, look, it's, it's just the way, you know, that's,
1: it's just the way things go. You know,
0: it's the way things go. New York, Media. That's what it is. That's what it's East all. East Coast time. bias. East Coast bias. <laughs> really East Coast. That's right. Really? But no, actually, sort of East Coast. All right. Cy Young uh awards uh are gonna be uh November 15th at 6 p.m. on MLB Network. I guess that's Wednesday. Um your nominees in the National League are Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, and Steven Strasberg. Fascinating, actually a fascinating award. Uh Sort of fascinating the American League with Corey Kluber, Chris Sale, and Luis Severino. By the way, do you like them bringing it down to three candidates? I kind you
1: know of do and kind of don't. Like, everybody always knows basically who, like, the three right. finalists are anyway. But I kind of do like it because you you curtail a certain amount of blowhardiness with people. If they didn't bring it down to those three, there would be a certain number of people who would be saying – The real Cyog Award winner is uh, Craig Kimbrell. Like he's the real, you know, there would be like, there would be all these dumb, pointless things. So it's, (laughs) I think it's good to sort of narrow it down to the three guys that
0: you know should be the three guys. Yeah.
1: I was a little bit surprised to see Severino though, I gotta say.
0: I, I was too. I really was seeing Severino in there. Looking, he had a great year, but I was a little surprised. It just kind of felt like there were it was Kluber and Sale, and then a lot of other guys, yeah. like five or six other guys, and they just pick Severino as one of those other guys. He's not. He's obviously not going to win it, uh, but it's an honor to be nominated. I think that's. <laughs> I think that's what all these guys think. Sure. Uh I think it's going to be Kluber and Kershaw. That's my. That's my prediction of what it's going to be. What do you think?
1: I think that you're right. Um, I think the Strasburg uh, uh, and Scherzer split the vote a little bit. Um, I also think that Sale had it locked up on or around August 1st and then faded a little bit and specifically faded. I mean, he had 300 strikeouts, which is great. He was was, was dominant all year. Um, He had 300 strikeouts. The problem is he not only faded a little bit, he faded against the Indians. (laughs) that was part of the yeah. problem is that yeah, is in true. these big games when it was like ever the attention of the of the nation was on the game it was this is a potential alcs preview blah 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 blah. he fell apart like the indians just beat the crap out of him to the point where whenever that happens where the guy is good as sale you assume that it's because he was tipping his pitches somehow they crack the code right. because they you you can't you can't do that to Chris Sale if you don't know what's coming. No. You really can't. There's no way to do it. His slider is too dominant, and his fastball is too good, and his command is too good. And it was like they would just sit on fastball. It was a little bit like it's a little bit like Kershaw in the in the World Series in that second game. It was like did right. they they just like were like George? Uh, no, it was Guriel hit that like seven thousand foot home run, and it's like the, he knew what was coming. There's no other explanation. Yeah. I mean, the other explanation obviously would be. These guys are really good hitters, <laughs> but
0: well, they are well, and and also, I mean, I did hear that Sale wore down; it was hurt right. a little bit. I mean, that's that's all possible, but I think tipping pitches is a big deal. Uh, I want to talk for one second about the National League because you could make a pretty good argument that Scherzer deserves the award over Shaw. Sure. I mean, you know, I mean, and obviously, you can make that argument uh, all the time. You can make the argument Strasburg deserves it more, but you can make a good argument that Scherzer is is kind of being pretty wildly underrated this year i mean he had a fantastic season he had the full season he pitched he pitched and more starts obviously kershaw got hurt a little bit uh but you're talking about a guy who who led the league with a 0.902 whip which is insane yes led the league in strikeouts gave up no hits basically no hits gave up 5.7 uh hits per nine um You can make a pretty strong argument pitching in the park where he pitches and, and, and all of that, that, uh, that he really deserves it over Kershaw. Um, But I think Kershaw is going to win it. I really do.
1: Yeah. And I, and by the way, you can, you can also make an argument for Kershaw over Scherzer. Like
0: uh, it's like, it, it, it
1: goes both ways. It's like he, I mean, he, Kershaw was the ERA champion. He led the league in wins. He had a, he struck out seven guys for every guy he walked. He had the highest ERA plus of any of any pitcher, which is adjusted for the park he plays in. Scherzer was the strikeout king. He was the whip king. He was the I think he was the wins above replacement king because Kershaw was injured and missed a month. Um, it's right. like it's. I mean, this is why awards are stupid, right? It's like you give it to Scherzer. All of Kershaw's fans will say that's absurd. You give it to Kershaw. Right. All of or Scherzer. All of Kershaw's fans will say that's absurd. Both groups of people will be right. It is it is absurd. I would be happy if they split it. They should probably split it. Uh that won't happen. Um I feel like the guy who uh Kershaw it's just impossible to make an argument against either of them. The only argument you can make against right. Kershaw is that he was injured for a little while and missed some starts, but yeah, he's still at the league wins, right. So it's like, well, what does that mean now? It's like a uh, it's a it's anyone I mean the the best argument I in my mind for Scherzer is what you just said he's unhittable you cannot get a hit off he's him. Unhittable. he, he yeah. uh he his i saw a stat where his batting average the third or later time through the lineup his batting average against was 168 so so, so the third and fourth times that guys see him in a game they hit one sixty eight off it. I mean, that's ridiculous. And I'm sure that it's ridiculous. I'm sure that the, the the other guy's batting averages against are whatever, two forty or something. It's not like they get raked with the third or fourth time through. But one sixty-eight is like that's uh the greatest relief pitchers in the league in the ninth against anyone. Right. He's doing that against every hitter the third or fourth time they see him in a game. The
0: third or fourth time through. Yeah. That's insane. He's he's so yeah, good. Yeah, he's wonderful. He's so good. All right, well, we'll we'll see that one. That's going to be fun to watch, you know. But you're right; I think that's going to be defined by who loses it because they. Now again, I I, for
1: manager the year I have a huge blowout for for Cy Young Award. I do a much smaller thing. It's a cocktail thing. It's like business casual dress. It's a it's a very small group of people. It's like 40 to 45 people, mostly just you know leaders in their field, scientists, researchers literary types it's more of a salon feeling i would say i
0: believe i have been invited to that you
1: have been invited to that yes and and we and there's a lot of a there's a string quartet that i hire and we play that's that where cool. they play some some chamber music <laughs> and it's very sort of refined and genteel that's what i do for the Awards. Both young awards, Both well, you, awards
0: so, yeah. obviously it's very different it's very different the manager different vibe
1: di- different, different award different vibe different people uh well, yeah no, and the We have a, there's also a a Cy Young Award announcement lecture series I do where I invite (laughs) one person to come and just sort of give a lecture on on anything. It could be, you know, Renaissance uh, literature, it could be, you know, 19th century uh, biology breakthroughs, whatever, an expert in the field comes and... Yeah.
0: Yeah. Didn't you the for the year I was invited, you invited Lin-Manuel Miranda right. to just speak about not even about specifically uh, music. He was you wanted him to talk a little bit about the founding fathers. It was, it was
1: the founding fathers that it was the it was Latin American influence in musical theater, just in right. general, it was, like it was, not not just, uh, you know, not just Hamilton, but just, you know, the sort of taking us to the history of the Latin American influence. It was beautiful. It was great. Yeah. And then, and then at the end of it, we sort of all gather around the TV uh, and we, we watch the Cy Youngs be presented.
0: <laughs> Very different than the than the sort of the Caligula-like experience. The crazy experience
1: sort the of, or, of orgiastic award. blowout yeah. of, the yeah. of the manager of the year awards, yeah.
0: The MVP award, nobody cares about. Obviously, it's the least significant of the awards, but they're still going to have it next Thursday, 6 p.m. on MLB Network. Your National League nominee is Paul Goldschmidt of Arizona. Giancarlo Stanton of Miami and Joey Votto was awesome to see. Joey, he has no chance, none, zero, zero, zero chance. chance. That's correct. But so great to see him nominated. He, by the way, did not win the Silver Slugger Award again. He's never won a Silver Slugger Award. <laughs> no Wait, he's never won it. He's never won a Silver Slugger Award. <laughs> he's uh, the best hitter, though. I, well, he, he just keeps getting beat by. You know, he he does he he did happen to come along at a time. Where Pujols took him out the first bunch of right, times, and right. now Goldschmidt he took him out. You know, so I mean, they're they're always they're always really good hurt at hitting first baseman. But at this point, I don't even care about the Silver Slugger Award per se. But he, he's got to win one one of these years. I mean, that
1: it's, is it's, hilarious. Great. I did yes. not know that he's never. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to go to the hall of fame without ever winning a silver Slugger silver, Award. Slug,
0: never the best hitting first baseman i mean that's just very <laughs> in his league by the way not in all, he's all won league. the mvp and he's never won a silver slugger <laughs> award all right the american league is jose altuve uh aaron judge and jose ramirez uh again great to see jose ramirez in there he has no chance nope. so realistically national league Goldschmidt or Stanton who's going to win it and who should win it I th-
1: I think uh I think Stanton's going to win I, do too. I I don't know should he win I don't know I mean he he has a, a significant lead in in wins above replacement over Goldschmidt um he hit he almost hit 60 home runs it was it was a fun story like he became the story of the of the second half um at least in the National League you would say I don't know how you don't give it to him unless you care about whether his team made the playoffs, which, which I don't, I don't. No, me Um, I mean, Goldschmidt is such a good hitter. Goldschmidt is so fun to watch. He's such a good hitter. Such he does hitter. some things I would say that Stanton doesn't do. He, do- he steals bases, right? 18 stolen bases, which is yeah. kind of shocking. Um, I mean, they both walk a ton. Goldschmidt walks a little more, uh, a Goldschmidt I think is a better defender, um, I mean, should he, should either of them win it? Who cares? It's a dumb, it's a dumb right. thing to talk about. Right. Stanton, y- yes, they, sh- yes, they should both win it. I think Stanton's <laughs> going to win it. And I think it's cool that if Stanton win it, wins it, I think it's cool.
0: I do too. And, and, and I think Stanton uh, will win it. And I would give, I would, if I was voting, I would vote for him. Um, The thing about Goldschmidt is I love him. I never want to say a single negative thing about Goldschmidt. He's the greatest. He's, he's, Every single thing you want in in a player is is Paul Goldschmidt, but he kind of had this thing in his hands, and then Stanton went crazy, and then Goldschmidt kind of had like a medium finish to the year, right? right? He didn't, yeah. you know, not that this, not that that should matter. None of it should matter. You should be able to look at the full season and 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 whatever. But it's like you know, that's people start paying attention to that stuff in September. And Paul Goldschmidt never really had. In fact, he came in to the postseason with like 0 for 20 or something, right? Didn't he have some crazy hit list it streak was that, some he, broke, that yeah. he broke right away by hitting a home run against Colorado? But but yeah, so so I think it's going to be Stanton, and I think I'd probably vote for Stanton, but I think your point is right. I mean, plus Joey Votto is arguably better than both of them. That's and, correct. And, and yes. you know, he had a better year
1: and, than both of them. <laughs> So it is no chance. So you know, it's the Tommy Fam
0: update.
1: The real MVP, we all know in the National League, is Tommy Fam. Congrats well, to Tommy! Fam.
0: Obviously, by yeah. the way, have you seen the video that is going around of Tommy Fam on the on the treadmill? Where the no. treadmill is like, oh, you've got to see it. It's 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 on Twitter. It's basically it's him doing some sort of speed drill. So he's on a treadmill, like standing on the sides with his feet, not on it. And the treadmill is going like super duper fast, like a hundred miles an hour. I don't even know how fast it's going, but it's super, super fast. And he like is puts his foot down once and puts his foot down twice and then jumps on it and like spreads his heart out for like 10 seconds and then jumps off. That seems dangerous. (laughs) <laughs> Dude, I was I, I wanted you to see it because my question to you for the Tommy and update was going to be what would happen if we were the ones on the yeah. thing. I mean, we would we would like fly back like seven miles right it would be like some yeah. some superhero thing so anyway Tommy fam uh, obviously the MVP of the podcast um, I think Altuve is going to win it in the American League but boy Aaron judge is he really made a strong push at the end.
1: Yeah, I hope Altuve wins it. I kind of imagine that Judge might, because Judge was such a story, uh, and and you know you can give it to Judge. There's an obvious argument for Judge, but the fun thing about Altuve, uh, besides the fact that he's two and a half feet tall uh, and he <laughs> lives inside a teacup, and his best friend is a is a is a mouse who wears a, a monocle. <laughs> Um, is that he does everything? That's the thing, Judge. That's the thing he has over Judge. Right? Yeah, he does everything. Yeah. Now, Judge is a much better defensive right fielder than you would ever imagine a man his size should be. But Altuve led the league in hits again. He had 39 doubles, which was 15 more than Judge. He right. stole 32 bases. Uh, he he only struck out 84 times, which in this day and age is shocking. He right. plays incredibly good defensive second base. He there's no aspect of his game that is lacking. There really isn't. Like he's a he's the toughest out in the in the best lineup uh by far. And he's just insanely consistent. He makes he's the engine of that offense. And I like it's such a great it's it's not like a great underdog story in the way that like people used to say David Eckstein was a great underdog story or Rudy is a great underdog story. It's like Rudy except Rudy is like the best middle linebacker <laughs> in the country and leads all of college football in sacks and they win a national championship because of Rudy like it because Rudy, you know exactly. what i mean it's like a, a, and and i know maybe you're not supposed to take stuff like that into account now voters often do pedroya won the mvp award largely because it was funny that he hit fourth behind ortiz uh in 2007 or whatever it was um and and maybe Maybe that will help Altuve and to overcome the sort of the story of Aaron judge becoming whatever the face of baseball or whatever people said. but I, I want Altuve to win it, not just because he's not a Yankee, but because I think he deserves it. The last thing I'll say which is shocking and absurd, is that the third highest wins above replacement in the American League this year was Mike Trout, who only had 400 at bats. It's war is a counting stat, man. You ne- it gets higher than more at bats you have. He only had 400 at bats. And he's still basically he was on pace, certainly for the best year that he had ever had, uh, which is saying something because he's the best player in baseball. It's just remarkable and and really bums me out that he missed six weeks because I think the numbers he would have put up this year were I mean, it would have been a, it would have been ridiculous to watch. Oh,
0: yeah, I think it would have been his best season, yep. which is insane to think about. And and. uh You know, what a what a player. By the way, he lost the silver slugger for the first time. He lost it to George Springer, um, which is, you know, that's it's fine. George Springer is an amazing player and we saw him in the postseason and whatever. Trout still should have won it yeah. even <laughs> missing even missing six weeks of the year yeah. Trout still should have won it but but again I it, the only thing I care about the Silver Slugger is that we get Joey Votto won. that's all that's the only thing that's, maybe that's that will the replace goal. our Tommy
1: Fam update next year it'll be the <laughs> the Joey Votto still Silver Springer watch <laughs>
0: all right so uh so we have about 15 minutes to uh, go with some uh listener questions uh which is always one of our favorites so we'll just start out here evan wants to know one current mlb player must bat for you okay and he's giving us uh considerations strikeout equals eternal damnation okay okay? any other out is destitution not spelled properly evan but, (laughs) but thank you you have 280 characters you can get it all in now evan uh if he gets on base, you escape the situation, which I think is is great. Okay. And a home run is you get one wish granted. So so who is your pick?
1: So basically, this question is saying, are you going for the home run or the best chance at a base hit?
0: Well, clearly, you you don't want the strikeout. So that is right. I mean the, the eternal damnation is the obvious. So you're losing Aaron Judge.
1: You're losing player. like uh, you're losing guys like Goldschmidt, probably um, right. you're losing anybody who strikes out more than like 110 times a year. Um, yeah, it's funny because now the best hitters, you know, there used to be years when Tony Gwynn would strike out like 13 times.
0: Oh, yeah. We don't have any of those yeah, we guys. Left. There's
1: no more of those guys. Uh, there's no more Yogi Berra who's who had more uh, home runs than strikeouts.
0: The strikeouts, um, Exactly. Uh,
1: wow. I don't know. I mean, Altuve has got to be considered. Charlie Blackman's got to be considered. You wrote a long piece about uh, how he never hits into double plays, mostly because he mostly hits the ball in the air and never comes up in double play scenarios, which is interesting. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's like the best combination of, of just don't make it, uh, don't make it out. Right. I mean, it's Votto,
0: right, right. maybe it's Votto. It could be Votto. Votto will strike out. He he did. He knocked his strikeouts down pretty significantly this year. I think that's where you have to start. So here are the top five, uh, in, in people who don't strike okay. out per, per, per at bat Joe panic. Uh, you're not, you're not taking Joe panic, right? No. Andrelton Simmons, who had a really excellent offensive year for him, but you're not taking him. Uh, Yuri Gurriel, you're certainly not taking him. Uh, here's an interesting one. Jose Ramirez
1: huh.
0: strikes out only one point uh, one time in eight point five at bat. So you you're sort of working out eternal damnation. Plus, with two strikes, you're telling him don't you don't strike don't out, <laughs> right? I mean, you, you're giving him the don't you strike out because I'll be eternally damned if you do. Um, so I think Jose Ramirez, maybe, or uh, you know, or or Altuve. You know, I mean, because the other guys. I mean, you, here's one. Here's one I bet you might go for actually. Number 6 on that list. One strikeout per 8.2 at-bats. Justin Turner.
1: Uh that's who I go with. That's who I, That's absolutely There you go. I, go with. I, yeah.
0: I as soon as I saw that, yeah. as soon as I saw that I'm like because the bigger the at-bat, the more likely he is to just zone I, he, in. He too. is, he he is a, a, a
1: joy, an absolute joy to watch hit uh, uh, for so yeah. many reasons and it, it, he never gives up an at-bat, he never gives up a pitch. Um and I his know. eye is fantastic. I'm going to go Justin Turner but if he's unavailable, I'm rolling the dice and going with Stanton. <laughs> Let's go, buddy. <laughs> awesome. I want my <laughs> wish.
0: I want my D. Shama wants to know who would have more success: Clayton Kershaw pitching righty or Altuve hitting lefty? Oh, Altuve for yeah. Altuve. That's yeah. not close. I think Altuve. I think Altuve would be a fine left-handed yeah. hitter. I don't. I think he'd he'd be he'd be perfectly. You fine. cannot.
1: I mean Kershaw. you. I mean. Th- th- there there are people who are who can throw 97 with their with their regular hand who can't make the majors because they don't have enough movement or they don't have enough control like you think anyone <laughs> is right. going to be able to do anything with the with their off hand forget it
0: It's <laughs> a really good point. Rob wants to know should you choose to spell the color gray g r e y Or G.R.A.Y. I have a class full of students who are almost coming to blows. I have a
1: huge, uh, a huge problem with with uh, with this specific issue, because I never know. One of them is like this sort of British spelling and one of them is the American spelling. I tend to lean E.Y., but I believe you shouldn't do that. I believe you should do a Y. Right.
0: I think ay is the it looks it, better ay looks better to I, me yeah
1: I guess I uh, but I my instinct for some reason is always to go ey
0: in, well it's it's the British in you it's yeah the, it's the it's I the think
1: British. the I think the the thing that's really crucial to remember here is it doesn't matter <laughs>
0: <laughs> here, here's here's the thing Rob I assume you're a teacher based on this D- don't let your kids fight over this don't don't let that happen right i mean it's it feels just tell them a y and then just move on let's move on
1: tell them a y unless they're um unless they prefer e y
0: (laughs) (laughs) there's the answer all right jeremy wants to know how excited should we realistically be for otani otani the japanese superstar player pitcher everything
1: Two way guy home, he DH's right in the in the uh in his league and he also pitches and is like a lights out. He's 23, does everything. Yeah,
0: I'm super excited. Okay, I just can't tell you how excited. Of course, I'm excited. I can't wait. And obviously, we're still there's still the stage where nobody really knows there are negotiations going on, nobody really even knows for sure that he's going to come over, although it looks pretty promising. Oh, I can't wait! I can't wait to see what this guy can do in the big leagues. That's... I'm,
1: I, I totally am psyched. I'm 100% yeah. psyched. I'm a little bit skeptical because, uh, is he going to a uh, National League team so he just can hit when he is pitching, right. or is he going to American League team? And if he's going to American League team, is an American League team really going to have one of their what a guy they hope is their ace? Or at least like a number two starter, right?
0: Right. Really get a
1: risk injury to that guy, having that guy hit every day. I, I'm skep. I'm more skeptical that the American uh, league will allow him to do all of those things. Maybe they will. Maybe he's that good. But like. I mean, there's a reason that hitters the pitchers don't hit very well, and it's because the teams don't want them to. They don't want them to spend a lot they of don't time want to
0: focus at all on it. That's yeah, right yeah,
1: like focus on it and and then get hurt legging out a double and then miss like five starts like they're they are valuable because they pitch thirty two times a year or well, so.
0: I agree, but what I'm psyched to see is if if he's if he's a good enough hitter, they'll make it they'll make it happen. You know what I mean? I mean it's that's the that's what I'm really psyched to see. I mean, we've seen very, very good hitting pitchers. Over the last few years, I mean, obviously, uh, uh, Bumgarner is a good hitting pitcher now, and then then there are others, Um, but we've never seen anybody where you're like, oh, let's tear it up and do whatever we have to do to get that guy in the lineup. It's always like, oh, I'm thrilled, you know, maybe I'll pinch hit him now and again, but this guy might be like really a good hitter i'm yeah i'm so excited i i i cannot wait to see
1: i mean at the I, very least you you'd have to say like it's new whatever's coming it's a new thing
0: exactly that's exciting yeah exactly all right uh dan wants to know what is the ideal candy to steal from your kids buckets so that you enjoy it but they don't notice right away what a great question it's a great Oof. question dan
1: Ooh. um i mean you want to go with one that's common right yes, because that's, that's right. the way kids are kids are dumb they won't count things uh so yeah like i mean if you if there's 11 snickers in there you can take a snickers, snickers and you'll never exactly. know
0: that's exactly um, my, my daughter had like 17 reeses uh cups this year yeah. which was awesome i've had like 6 of them already she doesn't know yeah you know the
1: other thing you could say is that there's there's probably some candy that they are not familiar with that you might be familiar with, like for example, a hundred grand bar or a fifth Avenue or one of those sort of lesser known candies that they won't, they didn't register that they have it because they just didn't, they don't recognize it as a common thing. You could probably sneak one of those and they would probably forget one of the sort of like lesser known. Well, that's a good marginal candies. Yeah. The thing
0: is though, if there's only one of those in the, in the thing they, they, they might, they might be like, Hey, no, I didn't, I want to, I want to know for myself how good that is. So Mm. I still think you go common. I think you go for for whatever the most common thing is in there, uh, because I think you're going to count on them not being uh, candy accountants. I think that's that's your best bet.
1: I think that's your safest bet. Yeah.
0: D Greenstone wants to know what can listeners do to convince you to bring back one last meaningless thing i i'm afraid it's gone
1: man yeah I'm just, it's gone just, sorry
0: i sorry i here the, the only thing that i feel negative about it being gone by the way the reason it's gone is because we we feel like we achieved perfect meaninglessness last week when i told everybody that i uh, stepped on a rake and it bonked me in the head yep. so we felt like that that we can't we, we can't get more meaningless than that that's that's pretty much the it's the, peak
1: meaningless yeah it's
0: peak meaningless um so I just, you know, we'll we'll come up with something new. the only thing I feel bad about well, the two things. One is that undoubtedly that's probably on my Wikipedia page now that I stepped on a rake and <laughs> a bond. I I can only assume. I'm not gonna look, but I can only assume. Uh but second thing is the music. That's really the 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 loss here is the wonderful uh uh one last meaningless thing song. So I, maybe we should just have him play that and then not do it, but but at least that way they get the music, right?
1: Yeah, I, I also have a little bit of a question: If we had a guest on, and that guest really wanted to oh, say something point. meaningless, would we allow that guest? Would we make a one-time exception? Um, yeah, we would. I think we would. I think so. Yeah, I
0: think we'd bring it back for guests who who want to do that. By the way, uh, something for for our podcast listeners to uh, look forward to: uh, at some point, I don't know when, but at some point, we are going to have Brandon McCarthy uh, on here. Uh, he is requested to come on to do a draft, uh, of people in the, uh, we are the world video. That's right. right? That's right. So, uh, so that's something to look forward to. That's going to be uh pretty, pretty spectacular. All right, let's get, uh, let's look, I think we got time for three or four more questions here. Let's do uh, it. Uh, let's see. Oh, Kurt wants to know, uh, and this is probably a thing more to you, uh, favorite philosopher. Oh
1: boy. That's a big uh, one for you right now. Yeah. I, uh, uh boy, boy, that's really hard. Um, I really like, uh, this guy, Tim Scanlon, who's still around, he, a modern philosopher who wrote this book called What We Owe to Each Other, which has sort of become the main text that we are basing um, certain aspects of this show, The Good Place, on. Sure. Um, it's he's he's not uh, easy, it's not easy to read uh i i say this um <laughs> for me at least i'll just be <laughs> personally it's a little bit of a dense read his this book but um it is like uh it's really wo- it's really great the the ideas behind it are really uh, are really wonderful um and then there's a woman named Philippa Foot who was a philosopher and a british philosopher in the 60s yeah. who, who was the one who came up with this f- sort of famous trolley problem uh which you've probably heard about you're driving a trolley and it's going to kill five people and you can switch the Drags, thing and but, go and kill yeah. one person, and then there's like 400 different permutations of it, and it's a thought experiment that leads to a lot of really interesting discussions about about into about like sort of consistency of 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 behavior and about what's permissible and what isn't permissible. And um, I found her really fun to read too. So those are my two current faves right now.
0: Awesome, and and uh, the the trolley problem plays a a role in this year. Yes, we uh, did. That's right.
1: Season. The sixth or seventh episode, I can't remember now, of this season, the second season of the Good Place which is available on Hulu,
0: Hulu. <laughs> and exactly. NBC.com, exactly. I
1: think, and which will be available on Netflix uh, after the season ends in January or February. Um, yeah. We did a whole episode about the Charlie problem and, and other people have too. There've been other, it, it, we're, it's a, it's a very famous uh, thought experiment. It's very fun to.
0: Nobody, nobody asked me. I think that question was specific to you, but my favorite philosopher, <laughs> Socrates, I'm just going Socrates. I'm Great. going old school. Classic choice, man. School. I Although gotta the say, the problem with Socrates is probably like the he's probably like the uh, Bob uh, Cousy of philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> like also couldn't dribble with his left hand, you know. So uh, I gotta say
1: that like in my uh, I I refer to it uh, commonly refer to it as a sort of Wikipedia level understanding of philosophy. But like sure, it, it is fascinating to go back and read Aristotle and Plato and people like that. It is, like, no, it oh, really man, is. That's true. We're so smart. They they figured so much stuff out without the benefit of of basically anything like that. With no one, no one had come before them to help them really. Right. Uh, and right? it, and if they had, they had written in languages that they they weren't around in Greece at the time. And and they just really Aristotle especially was just like a the you your the mind reels at how intelligent the oh, it's was. Well, yeah.
0: Although a lot of that Socrates, right? A lot of Aristotle, you know, he's basically he uses Socrates.
1: They all built on each other certainly. Yes, did, but um really but it's still uh it's still fun.
0: It's impressive. It's yeah. impressive. Bill will will combine two questions. Bill asks uh, are Dodger dogs really the best ballpark hot dogs and Jeff asks what does Michael eat at a ball game now that he's a vegetarian. Great so we'll question. just
1: double
0: Bill, I'm going to just tell you this, and I, I've just spent basically the entire month of, of October in LA, essentially, uh, and had a lot of Dodger dogs. They're good dogs. I'm, I'm just going to tell you, I, I don't, I don't think they're the best dogs in in baseball. They're, what they're, are? I I think they're just they're. It's a tie I just don't think <laughs> I don't I don't like when you when I had a Dodger dog, I'm like, oh man a Dodger dog and I'm like this dog is not that different from the dog at Wrigley or the dog Of course not they're the all boys. exactly they're the same. They're
1: literally dog. exactly the same. They are low quality hot dogs that you're spending eleven dollars on i I That's mean right. to me it's like uh the it's it's funny because I think that Dodger dog I think the alliteration really helps
0: it does in, it in does terms of and like they're fame, they're long know? i mean they, they are they are like they're long they're impressive they're dogs when do- you get i mean
1: one. they're ballpark hot dogs they're all garbage it's garbage food it's i mean they're it's fun to eat them because you're at a baseball game and that's what right. you're supposed to do but none of them are good i mean i went the first time i went to uh whatever the hell it's called at&t park in san francisco what is it called now what is it
0: uh it's still ATT. t
1: it, it changed it all of these i thought it changed again but anyway the point is the first time i went there i went to get a hot dog and uh, this is you know whatever 10 12 years ago now and uh, i was walking my way to get a hot dog and i saw cuz it's san francisco i saw this thing it was like get one of get this like sh- sausage this gourmet sausage that has like cheese infused into the middle of it like they took a syringe and injected <laughs> cheese into the middle of this sausage and I was like, "Well, that's better." And I bought that and it was like the best. It was like good by restaurant standards. It was yeah. so amazing. Yeah. And it's like that the only way to have a good baseball food experience is to do something like that. Like the all of the hot dogs are exactly the same. They're just boiled garbage meat <laughs> that you buy <laughs> that you buy for $8 and then you slather whatever, you know, combination of ketchup, mustard, and onions on them. Like there's no there's no good or bad baseball hot no, dog. They're, they're all the th- same. Th- th-
0: th- th- it's a tie. It's a tie. It yeah. really is, and it just and the, the the best dog that. Well, first of all, the best dog that 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 in in baseball is in Cleveland because they have the best mustard. So that's like that's the best dog because of the mustard. But more to the point, the best dog is at your ballpark because that's you're right. watching your team, right? right? I mean, that's they're all the same. So that's the best dog. So if you're a Dodger fan, yes, the Dodger dogs are absolutely the best.
1: Correct. Dog. Um, and, right. and to answer the second question, eat? by the way, I eat. I eat a. Faithfully, I eat peanuts. I eat a bag of peanuts every.
0: Yes, of course you
1: do. Every uh, game, I will also eat popcorn uh, with my son. My son, my jerk son, likes uh, popcorn. <laughs> um, and then if I'm if I am legitimately hungry, I will eat a vegetarian hot dog, which are not a tie with right, with all. They're considerably <laughs> worse than every ballpark hot dog.
0: Why would you do that to yourself? Because, Why? It's a, because
1: you need I need like if I'm if like popcorn and peanuts isn't enough to to say to my hunger, I will say, well, it's, it's kind of the only thing I can do. It's like you can't get I mean, you can get nachos. But the, I mean, that's not going to help either. If I actually need some kind of actual food item, I'll eat a vegetarian hot dog and they're disgusting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> every now and again, uh, my wife uh, will bring home Like some sort of vegetarian hamburger, right? Every now and again uh, for me to grill. She's like, let's try these, you know, this way, no, no red meat. It's better for you. So it's a soy burger or veggie burger, whatever these burgers are called. And every time I fall for it, because they look good, they look like the regular burgers. And every time I take one bite and go, oh yeah, I forgot. That's horrendous. That's just absolutely disgusting. So uh, I don't, I don't really, you know, at some point you ought to just look at the vegetarian hot dog and go, no, I know what that is. I've, I've done that. That's not acceptable. All right. Last question belongs to Brody. And it's, it's a, it's a, We you want to talk about philosophical, uh, Brody wants to know, how would your lives be different if you had been raised as Yankee fans? Better? Worse? Too terrifying an idea to even consider?
1: Do you want to go first? You want me to?
0: Uh, I, I, have, I have a very specific thought of what would happen uh, if I'd been raised a Yankee fan. I, because because this is, this is something that, that I, as soon as I saw this question, I immediately thought what would happen. I'd be a Yankee fan, okay? okay? And I'd be happy. Because I'm a Yankee fan, the Yankees are good every year, and I'd be happy. And people would be like, "Oh, I hate Yankee fans," and I'd be like, "Shut up! The Yankees are awesome. They're great." And and I I know that they're wrong, and that the Yankees are awesome. And I'd be walking around with my Derek Jeter jersey or my or my Reggie jersey or whatever, Ron Guidry jersey, uh, and I'd be super duper happy because the Yankees are good. And then when they stink, I'd be like, "Oh, the world's coming to an end." And then they're good again, and I'm like, "This is awesome." And then one day, I'd be in my my place, my 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 apartment. Uh, and my computer would tell me, follow the white rabbit, okay? okay? And and then the door would knock and then there'd be like these guys there and there'd be a woman there and she'd have a white rabbit tattoo on her back. Right. And I'd be like, oh, I got to follow them. So I would follow them and I would end up meeting uh, Morpheus right. who would, would give me two pills to take one as a yankee fan it goes back to just your 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 regular mm-hmm. life uh one as where you see the truth and i would take the truth pill uh and i would realize the horror that this world is right you would realize your whole life I, has been
1: a lie I, and, it's been a lie. and you, that's lie the... that's you were you had been seduced uh to believe that everything was fine and in reality right. your body was being used as like a giant battery in a weird alien exactly. robot exactly my life my, my...
0: <laughs> A Yankee battery. My body had been would be used as a Yankee battery. I'd be literally the one powering Yankee Stadium. Right. So that's that's just how I think. I mean, I'm I could be a little off on that, but that's sort of what I think would happen if i had
1: grown up. A yeah, Yankee. that's probably right. Um, I mean, I was gonna say my first thought was like my life would be worse because I would be a party to one of the great evil organizations of of modern <laughs> times. Like you know, you don't want to ever consider what your life would be like if you had been like born into like the fascist black shirt part in Italy and during world war ii right like that's too horrifying to think about
0: it's horrifying to think about.
1: but i but i also would like to believe that we all each of us have inside us a kind of burning ember of, of pure good and uh-huh. that that the that in a way if i had been born a yankee fan that you know i, I would have been like sort of you know obviously like co-opted and blinded by the fandom that surrounded me but then that that's burning ember inside me would have started to, to sort of like you know it would to glow. Glow. it would start to yes glow. and that is at some point in my life maybe after the aaron boone home run or maybe <laughs> maybe after like the a-rod trade or maybe after the even after like the the 2009 series or something that like at some point i would have on my own just sort of been like you know what this isn't right this isn't right. This isn't just, and it's not (laughs) right. And I, and I can't be a party to this anymore because ethically and morally, this just feels wrong. It feels wrong to to root for this team. And I would have defected. And who knows what would have happened after that? I mean, I, you know, by that point I was out here in LA, I might have become a Dodger fan or an angels fan or, or, or or a Padres fan or something. And I might never have achieved the kind of happiness that would have come from being a Yankee fan or a Red Sox fan or anything, but but I like to believe that even if that's true, I, that, that my life would have been better. And I would have looked back on that first, whatever, 35 years of my life with a sort of like a little bit of shame, obviously, a little shame, but also sure, a feeling sure. of like, well, I didn't choose this. Like, I was just born into this and I'm happy. All I can do now is sort of start over. I can take this burning ember of good <laughs> and use it to undo some of the wrongs that I was a part of while being a man.
0: <gasps> Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Would you feel like you would then preach? uh, Yeah. uh, Oh, a hundred percent. Yes.
1: I think I would go on. I would do lectures, unpaid lectures, (laughs) volunteer lectures in in schools and churches and in community centers all across America, just saying like, look, you know, I'm, I got out and, and I, there is a path. Like if you, if you feel like you are trapped, just know that you're not trapped. Like I got out, there is a way and, you know, if, look, if I could help one other person stop being a Yankee fan, I, I would be worth it. Like it would be like that happens. That's my path through life is to is to help other people like me who were born into something that they um, that they know isn't right.
0: They know they know yeah. deep inside.
1: Yeah. They, know. they all know. I mean, some of them are just fine with it in the same way that Joey Pantaleano's character in The Matrix was like, I know this isn't a stake. But I but it, I know it's not real, but I just want to eat it. So I'm going to like I want eat it with the robot. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to side with it. By the way, what would Papa John's pizza have been like if it had been Yankee fans that made him the official Ooh, pizza?
1: I mean, worse, right? Worse than Nazis. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we are not ending this podcast saying
1: you're worse than Nazis.
0: Nazis? I don't know, You're, man. Not, you're not worse than Nazis.
1: I mean, we you're were not, about to know. we were about to end it with me saying this is just like Joey pantaliano's character in The Matrix <laughs> eating steak, which is like just as weird. <laughs>
0: it is just as weird. It is. I would, I would say we ended. We didn't end it with meaningless things, but we did end it with weird. Now, did we decide
1: to replace things. one last meaningless thing with anything, or were we just sailing off into the? Well, something? we were gonna.
0: We were gonna do like a. I think a question, but I. I think we need to. We need to ponder. Yeah. We need to take. A not, there's just sort there's of no rush. <laughs> <laughs> there is no rush so we'll let to figure this out in fact if, if if listeners do want to send us ideas of how to end this thing that is not meaningless thing we're not going back no we're not sorry we the one thing the podcast stands for it's moving forward right
1: <laughs> no i mean no not at all it took us six no. years to get a microphone but wait let's let's this is a good idea let's solicit uh let's crowdsource this this uh, son of a gun here uh and say the yeah. send in your suggestions for what the very last thing that we do on the podcast should be and the the guideline should be like it should take about a minute right to yeah, be very short a minute. and it can't just be us saying something meaningless it has to be something specifically <laughs> different uh with that we can each well, do
0: it, it will be us saying something meaningless, yeah right but, it but not intent not it, that
1: can't be that can't be the announced name of the segment um exactly all right so send us. Exactly. send in your so maybe next next time we do this we'll we'll specifically send out a solicitation for uh uh, for suggestions
0: for suggestions exactly but if you if you want to do it uh just just tweet us and uh we'll be uh we will be considering how to end this thing in the meantime as always michael thank you
1: thanks for having me